note, we refer to this as episode 15. It's actually episode 16. And this was actually recorded before episode 15, but we accidentally played them out of order. Thank you. Welcome to Dad Pods, episode 15. I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. And today we are talking about comedies from 1987. Why, Michael? Why? Well, in our deep, deep research that we spend so long doing, we found that 1987 happens to be a banner year for comedies. Yeah. Our, our deep, deep research might have taken about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually shows, shows how good it, a year it is. Uh, yeah. It was an excellent year. Uh, kind of based on how much fun we had over the last two episodes, sort of going over an era of action movies. Uh, back in the 80s, they would release you know, 20, 25 comedies in a major uh, theater a year. Like nowadays, you might get eight, like major studio comedies. Um, Comedies don't sell as much anymore. I think there's a cynicism to our society now. Um, You know, political correctness is hurt. I mean, political correctness is good, but it also, uh, I think people don't want to offend anybody, so they they maybe don't put out comedies as much. But that being said, when, as we highlight our favorites from here, I feel like those ones still would oh, hold, up. hold up. They're, yeah, they're, oh, yeah. they're not like racist comedies. They're, they're no, there's no racism. Of... There might be a little sexism. There might be a little homophobia. Yeah. Uh, but those I could think be edited. The if, ones... if they were made now, they would just be tweaked a little and would work. Sure. There's nothing inherent about yeah. these that don't work. Yeah. So like may, maybe a joke get take, gets taken out. And maybe, I mean, the cutting room floor on some of these films must be hilarious as well. Right. I'm sure there's like, there's eight jokes that they could have inserted into, you know, something to where you can get one. And maybe if we remember those jokes, we'll talk about them and be like, hey, this is probably a joke that wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, but we can probably get past that one and, and you know, yeah. make that a better joke. So anyway, we picked 18, 1987 because uh, it was random. Yeah. There's no good reason. Uh, and then we started looking at the movies that started came, coming out in that movie, I mean, in that year. And we were just like th- blown away. I was like, this all came out in the same year. Like, this is a banner year for, this is like, absolutely like, this is like Steve Martin throwing 97. Yeah, this is, right? this, is this is great. So let's yeah. just get started. We'll, let's we're gonna just get go. started. We'll start, we'll, we'll go. So we're going to go in order. We're going to take out our, so we both came up with a top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of the movies we actually share as our top, um, in, our, in our top three. So we're going to go through sort of basically by release date, right? Yep. That's exactly how I'm So uh, do you want to go ahead and start? Uh, sure. The first movie on our list, because it is a comedy and it's somewhat of note, is uh, the movie Mannequin, which yes. is about a mannequin that comes to life. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This didn't. This wasn't sci-fi though. Yes. This was just. This was just a romantic comedy. Uh, this is. I believe this might be one of the first roles for Kim Cattrall. Yeah, that's why this is of note. Uh, this is the only real. This is of a note. Uh, yeah. First of all, don't ever discount Andrew McCarthy. Oh, true. Okay. So. Okay. Notable in we two can't ways. do that. Yep. But this is uh, one of the first, certainly one of the first starring roles for Kim Cattrall yep. uh, later to be uh, in uh, Sex and the City. Um, but uh, she's the mannequin, spoiler yep. alert, who comes <laughs> to life. It's very much like, uh, you know, your Cinderella story. Sure. She becomes a mannequin. She falls in love with Andrew McCarthy. For some reason, she becomes a mannequin again. He makes, it, and then she becomes a person and they probably are after. Yeah, it's what, the Pygmalion myth? Is that the, the one? Pygmalion, yeah. yeah. I think it's the one it is. George right. Elliott. Oh, very nice. Or, yeah. 
I think it's George Eliot. If it's not, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the next movie on our list uh, is uh, Lethal Weapon. So we can go on a little tangent right here. First of all, okay. uh, Mel Gibson is a piece of excrement. Mm-hmm. We can all agree on that. Completely true. Okay. Um, we can also agree that his hair in Lethal Weapon circa 1987 mm-hmm. is something that every person should, should ascribe, ascribe to. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can say that right off. Um, but he is a piece of excrement. Um, I have a theory, and I've told you about this theory, that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Okay. You know how, you know how we go through the whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie because that it totally takes place is. in Christmas? Yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon has the same thing. Hmm. The first scene where he's like undercover as a NART, as a, uh, a DEA, uh, mm-hmm. not DEA, but a, 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 a NARC basically, uh, is at a Christmas tree lot. They're selling Christmas trees. The the girl in the very beginning jumps out of the um, the building. I think Jingle Bell Rock is playing at the time. Oh. So it's a Christmas movie. It's just a Christmas movie in LA, so it's 74 degrees out. I see. Hmm. So, um, but I, I actually point out, I mean, the best part about this film is the, the banter between Gibson and Danny Glover. The whole it sort of invented and reinvented the buddy cop movie. Totally, um, yeah. Every buddy cop sort of movie has kind of taken that sort of structure of it. And right. it's kind of, you know, you've got the one guy who's a little bit crazy and a little bit, um, you know, off his kilter. And then you've got the one that's kind of straight laced and I'm getting know, too old for this ass. It, there you go. Uh, and uh, it's got some, it's got some great Gary Busey scenes. Hmm. Um, where he holds the, the yeah and it's funny um it's also very violent don't take your kids to this movie yeah that, that, don't and let your kids watch this movie there's lots of uh uh violence and you know bad words yeah um again only discussed for historical significance yes and mel gibson is also a, a piece of excrement did i yeah, say that already um i hope so okay can't be said enough uh, the next movie is police academy for citizens on patrol yeah, I don't remember this movie at all. I actually do and remember this one. I watched all the Police Academy movies. Is this the one with Run DMC in it? Ooh. Or the Fat Boys? Didn't they have one of them with the with one of those guys in it? That might be true. I mean, the big thing I remember okay. is... The, the, I actually do remember the plot. <laughs> where they, okay. they create like the citizen... The reason it's called Citizens on Patrol is that they get to bring in a whole bunch of new characters um, so that they can, uh, you know... It's like the citizens program for whatever reason is this because they couldn't afford steve gutenberg anymore well he's still in it at this point he's he's okay. out of it later on and they replace him with a steve gutenberg lookalike that's supposed to be the, right which the is Commodons. basically like a white guy with sort of an afro yeah, yeah a little that's bit kind of the, the steve gutenberg look yeah um i think the only gutenberg other thing... is just incidentally is just a fun name to say gutenberg. he's great he's great and uh you know later on he he makes an appearance in the sitcom community which is a favorite sitcom of mine so you can See him in season six of Community. He's also in season two of Veronica Mars. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yes. So, yes. This is a great part of his career. I'd love to, I always want to see a Steve Gutenberg cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Never takes anything away, always adds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie's of note, Sharon Stone's in it. Okay. In terms of <laughs> history. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> yeah. 
So that's all we're going to say about police. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know that I would advise you to go back and watch. No, police no. These movies were, this or, movie was not worth watching at all. I don't know that any of the police academy movies hold up, but uh, it's they always, exist. I think go find, go find yourself. Just Google or YouTube uh, police Academy. The guy that does voices. Yes. He's awesome. The guy that does the, the, the special effects with his, with his mouth. Michael that guy's Winslow. great. There you go, Michael Winslow. I don't know anything about any of his rest of his IMDb yeah. uh, stuff, but he is great. At as a, that as stuff. a kid, just watch that. I loved it. Yeah. That that this is amazing. probably why this movie is of note to me. Is like uh, I really like the, the guy making sounds. With his sure. Uh, yeah. So the next movie is the secret of my success. <clears throat> mm-hmm. This is uh, this is Michael J. Fox off the success of uh, Back to the Future mm-hmm. and Family Ties. I think Family Ties was probably ending its run right about now. Okay. Or close to it. And he was doing like, you know, one movie a year. This is Michael J. Fox as a, you know, 80s businessman, graduates college and, you know, goes off mm-hmm. and becomes a businessman. It's not great, but I like Michael J. Fox, so I mentioned it. Right. Cool. I, I do remember that movie. I thought it's watchable. Yeah. 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 Fun. Uh, next. Yeah. Nothing offensive in it. Yeah. Totally fine. Uh, next up on the list, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Now, One of the few comedic sequels that's good. Yeah. The Bever- the, both Beverly Hills Cops movies are considered classics. I, I can't yeah. say that I'm super familiar. I, de- I have seen them because everyone's yes. seen these. It's not yes. something I remember super well. But mm-hmm. again, classic movie. Could watch yeah. it. Eddie Murphy, Judd Reinhold. This is, this is like prime Eddie Murphy too. This is yeah. him at his height. Um, there wasn't much of a plot to Beverly Hills Cop 2. It was basically, you know what? Beverly Hills Cop was really good. Eddie Murphy's like amazingly talented. He can do whatever he wants. Let's just put him in a movie. Yeah. It's kind of like when um, I think it's, it's a famous story in Hollywood that uh, the movie Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. the, only, the only thing that got the script sold was not any paper at all. It was just the words Will Ferrell as a NASCAR driver. Yep. And that got the movie sold and got a budget of like, you know, $20 million or whatever it was. And that was it. Yeah. Eddie so Murphy's, that's kind of yeah. what this is. Around this era, any, any Eddie Murphy is like very watchable, very charismatic, yeah. very funny. Except for The Golden Child. We can leave that one alone. I did see that movie kind of a lot because it was on HBO a lot. And for whatever reason, I would watch it every single time yeah. it was on. It's, it's not good. It's not it good. Was, it was... It was Eddie Murphy trying to be PG-13, yeah. which at the time just wasn't his style. And you could tell he wasn't having it. I think I liked it because it's mildly sci-fi, a little bit of fantasy sci-fi. So that, that's mm-hmm. right in my wheelhouse. But yeah, it's sure. definitely not a good movie. But I watched no. it way more than even these good movies like Beverly Hills Cop did. Yeah, sure. There's lots of bad movies out there that I've seen a yeah. hundred times and I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, Cable. So uh, um, Ernest Goes to Camp. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about this. I have, I, yeah. I, so I have not seen a single Ernest goes to whatever movie. Yeah. Any of the, you know what I mean, Vern kind of yeah. deal. I remember he was like a, it was a commercial, right? And that got spun yeah. into movies. Yeah. I don't remember what the commercial was for. It was like interstitials during CBS, uh, like their cartoon out back in the day when cartoons were on Saturday. So sometimes right. they'd have these I just don't remember what he was advertising. I don't know. Sometimes he's he just selling. He's just a dude, and there's. I don't yeah. think you ever saw Vern. Um, the actor, and I, and I, and my apologies. I know that he is rest in peace, yeah. Ernest. 
Um, I know that uh, uh, he was the voice, the original voice of the um, one of the characters in uh, uh, Toy Story. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, is he the? I think he's the Slinky Dog. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I have seen them. I have mm-hmm. a younger sibling. Eventually, getting really into these, and I, I blame I, on blame it on your younger sibling. It's fine. They're actually okay. I just remember, like, mm-hmm. as a kid's movie, as you're watching as an older brother, like, eh, yes, I could watch this. Yeah, sure. Ernest Goes to Camp came out in 1987. Yes, <laughs> it exists. Uh, if it came out now as a kind of kids movie, I don't think you you would not object to it. No. Uh, next movie is something I've watched quite a bit, actually. Again, my wheelhouse of movies, Harry and the Hendersons. John uh, Lithgow. John Lithgow, probably. John Lithgow, a, who's somehow, somehow always been a 50-year-old man. Yeah. How is that possible? I guess he's either aging well or aging poorly. Starts off aging poorly, but then in the end, aging well. Yeah, because he could still, like, like if you were going to recast Footloose, You'd yeah. still have him as the as the preacher dad, right? Yeah, yeah he could still play a dad of a fifteen year old girl. Oh, easily, and yeah, always that age. Yeah, he's been at that age because he was the dad in this movie. Yep. Um, where spoiler alert, they find Bigfoot. Harry that's, is the that's who Harry is. Yeah, yes. I think this movie is of note because this is the plot that is now recycled over and over again. Family finds something magical. Yeah, out of it was a world. total ripoff of E.T. from like four years earlier. Yeah, but more of a comedy. E.T. is sure. funny. This is definitely more E.T. E. has comedy. its moments, but it's, it's not designed to be a comedy. Yeah. This is designed to be a comedy. Yeah. And John Lithgow, having said that he's always been a dad, and maybe he's, spoiler alert, should be our dad bond of the week, but mm. um, he's, he's really good. Oh, of course. He's an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah. He can do a lot of things. Yeah. And he has done a lot of things, which is great. Yes. Uh, the next movie we're at is the, uh, the Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. This is um, uh, Jack Nicholson, yep. Michelle Pfeiffer, yep. Angelica Houston. Uh, was I can't that remember one? the other one. Is it Cher? Cher. Is it Cher? Cher. Yep. Cher. Okay. So those three are, are witches and, and, and Jack Nicholson is the devil. He's I the think, devil, honestly. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is, I think, how it is in real life. Yeah, possibly. It's, this is a documentary. I, wait, it's it's Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Susan Sarandon. I thought it was Angelica Houston. Yeah, it's not. She's in a movie called Witches. Okay, sorry. It's a Roald Dahl movie. <laughs> uh, this movie is like at the time, definitely too adult for me. <laughs> I think I'd sure. watch it later on. Sure. It's. I mean, first of all, it's 1987. It's got Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Yeah. That's gonna have a lot of feelings of if you're like 13. Yeah. You're like, what's going Which on is here? What I was, how I old I was. Yeah, that's gonna, it's gonna raise some feelings, right. so to speak. Um, uh, and 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 yeah. The notable things: the writer John Updike. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay. It is an interesting plot. I do remember that. Like, yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's actually yeah. really good. It's, um, I think it's more kind of sci-fi fantasy than funny, but you know, yeah, sure. But it, it's it funny was because listed. anything yeah. that that Jack Nicholson was doing at the time. Yeah. This is sort of around the time that Jack Nicholson stopped acting, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. He sort of started being Jack mm-hmm. and was just kind of crazy and, you know. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, next movie on the list, Roxanne. Oh, such a good movie. It's great. Steve Martin. Uh, you know, Steve Martin. It's the Ciro de Bergerac story. Yes. So he's Modern got a really funny nose. 
this is really good. Like I, and I actually, even though I might've been a little young to like a movie like this at the time, like I actually really liked it because I like Steve mm -hmm. Martin. It's just funny. Yeah. And uh, he plays the character real, like he's a person you want to root for the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. Um, there's an amazing scene where um, some, you know, Cyrano de Bergerac has the huge nose. And in this movie, he's got this comically large nose. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like three and a half inches long on his face. Yeah. It's really funny and kind of silly. Um, but he's got this amazing scene. I think they're at a bar and someone insults him and calls him, you know, big nose or something like that. That's right. And, yeah. and uh, he says, you know, he, he basically gets in a, a, a tiff with this guy and is like, okay, whatever you throw on the dartboard, I can come up with, you know, that many points. That many insults better, better, better than, insults than what you just, yeah, than what you just did. Yeah. And, uh, so, and the guy's like an expert dart player and he throws and he hits like a 20, right? Yeah. So he's going to come up with 20 dart uh, insults about his big nose and he does. And they're all hilariously funny. Yep. Uh, you should go back. If you don't watch this movie, just watch that scene. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think the things, even though it's like, if you're young watching it, like if, it would teach you that like, I don't know how to, the verbal play and like how you fight back with the, well, he's got something against him, but yet he's, he's smart and does these things. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's yeah. really good. Really well it was, acted. it's also one of those where it's like the brains went out over the brawn. Yeah. And that's, that's always a good, good lesson. Mm -hmm. The brawn played by Rick Rossovich, who later uh, was in, or previously was in Top Gun a year earlier. Wow. He plays one of the pilots. In I he plays, that. he plays, he plays Iceman's Rio. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his call sign. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next on our list. Is I Dragnet. Have, I have seen this one. Yeah. Dragnet. So this is a, uh, a comedic uh, remake of the classic 1960s TV show. Right. So the classic 1960s TV show is famous for Jack Webb. Uh, was the the main cop and in Dragnet, um, if you've ever seen the movie uh, L.A. Confidential, mm -hmm. which is a great sort of noir movie of L.A. in the '60s and '50s, uh, I think Dragnet actually started back then. This was kind of based the the fake uh, TV stuff that was going on in in L.A. Confidential is based on this show because oh, okay. Dragnet had like access because it was dragnet from the files of the LAPD or something right. like that. And it was based on real um, cases that the, the LAPD was solving. So they had like actual cops that were uh, consulting on the show. So like every episode they've got that disclaimer is like the, the, the names and the dates have been changed to protect right. the innocent, that kind of thing. Okay. So, but this movie stars Dan Aykroyd as kind of the main uh, by-the-book dragnet-type guy. But it's in the 80s now, so you've got wacky Tom Hanks, who's his okay. partner. Uh, the movie's not good. No, it's not a good movie. There's some funny bits. Yeah. Um, it was a complete, um, really terrible script is the problem. Yeah. Like, the, the, whole, the whole plot is about, like, like – something to do with something to do with adult magazines or something and it was just like what i just remember the cult there's like a cult scene yeah and there was a cult around it it was just it was very it was very um let's just say that the writer of this 
I would not be surprised if the writer of this ended up in rehab. Mm. Kind of feels like it. Can we just can we just leave it at that? It's not good, but you know what? It's Tom Hanks, and he's charming. I think that's what my takeaway from this was like. Yes, the plot's not good, but actually, it's Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks do well yeah. together. No, I mean it's an amazing cast, and the rest of the cast is good too. If I can remember, I can't remember anybody who's in it, but I remember yeah. like being like, "Oh wow, that guy's in it too." Christopher Plummer. Bad there guy. you go. Christopher Plummer's always been. Yeah. He so plays the, the Hugh Hefner type character. Yeah, yeah. So like, the performances are good because these people are, and like Tom Hanks. I remember this. There's a whole thing with there's the cult there. The two cops survive this incident with the cult, and then they try to bring in their police chief the next day and then there's nothing there then tom hanks is reacting no and then there was a snake and all this stuff and he's just yeah. funny he's just really funny yeah. yeah uh next up on the list is inner space which has martin short and dennis quaid uh dennis quaid accidentally gets injected into he gets shrunk and injected sure. he's a scientist yes into martin short and basically the movie is like Dennis Quaid being all serious. Yes. Because he's a scientist and he's trying to, you know, figure out how to get out of Martin Short and Martin Short just being Martin Short, who's yeah. an amazing comedian. Um, and Meg Ryan is in this movie too. I she plays the love interest. Yeah, the love interest of Dennis Quaid, <clears throat> mm-hmm. who Martin Short sees as Dennis Quaid is inside of him in a tiny, right. tiny spaceship. Right. So... Again, known for this being this, uh, this is kind of a genre in comedies, these sci-fi comedies. And this is definitely yes. one of those where, yeah. you know, a person inside of him, he's able to communicate with him. Eventually he, he does a thing where like you can radio into him. And it's, and it's another way of like giving a certain person extra information that another person sure. has. I think, the, I think the main takeaway from this movie is that Martin Short is really good as a physical comedian. Yes, excellent physical and then, comedy. And then... You know, and it's basically everybody else sort of is a straight man. Yeah. Like as a comedy, you know. Yeah. Use. I don't know that it's, I don't know that this movie holds up. I haven't seen it in a long time. At the time yeah. I saw it a bunch. Yeah. But yeah, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it holds up for any particular like, you know, non-PC reason. I'm just not sure. Comedy doesn't always age well. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. So uh, the next movie is Adventures in Babysitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, this the first starring role for Elizabeth Shue. She yep. plays a babysitter who, spoiler alert, is like gets involved in sort of some sort of crime syndicate kind of thing and drug they, deals and all kinds of stuff. They have to go into the city. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a normal day. Somehow they have to go into the city. Yeah, things happen. It, it was a crazy sort of. Yeah. You know, it was a John Hughes ripoff. I'm not sure if it was. I don't think it was a John Hughes movie. But it was totally by, a John Hughes. It was directed by Chris it Columbus. Was. No, it was not directed okay. by Columbus, the yeah, John Chris Hughes. Chris Columbus. Group. Yeah. Chris Columbus, who eventually did like the Harry Potter movie and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so it was, it's funny. I think this is like this, this is totally a movie you can watch with your kids. Yeah. Because most of the jokes come from the kids. There's like four kids that she's dragging around all, all over, I think Chicago or New York or yeah. big cities. So, um, yeah, that, that happens there. There's actually a remake now that I'm watching with the, the kids. It's oh, like really? A, a Disney Channel remake, as you can imagine. Okay. They've just, it's the kind of plot that you could just redo with whoever the... A hundred times. Yeah. Yeah, we've, so. talked about, we've talked about the parent-kids switching movie. Yep. 
totally a lot. There's, I don't know that there was one in this year, but one of these other kind of adjacent years, there was one. Yeah. Um, Every four or five years, there's a parent trap switching movie kind of thing. This plot is really easy to do. And there's always a scenario because you're dragging kids around in a city. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, summer school. I don't remember. If you know this movie. more than if you more if you know more than four facts about this movie, I'd I'd be shocked. Um, so this is Mark <laughs> Harmon. Okay. This Mark. I knew, this is I knew like, that. I knew that. Yeah. This was, is Mark Harmon. Yeah. Uh, he plays a uh, kind of loser uh, uh, guy that ends up having to teach summer school. Okay. At a at, at a, like a L A LA high school with mm-hmm. hot women, and it's really not that good. Okay. Why? I didn't think I had this on the list. Why did you list it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember other than the fact that Mark Harmon was, there was a time when Mark Harmon was a thing. Yeah, I do remember that. When he wasn't like, just, when he wasn't <laughs> just like, you know, Mark Harmon, he's your, your, your grandma's favorite actor on CBS. <laughs> right. Is that Mark what Harmon on was now? like a, I, I'm pretty sure he was, okay. wasn't he on like NCIS? Oh, he CTV is. Or You're right. That's, that's where yeah. he is now. I think he was on something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was right around the time. So he did a movie. Was it the Presidio? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think a so. A year yeah. or so later, I think that was yeah. a really big, and it sort of, you know, made Mark Harmon a star for a, a, a good right chunk of time. I think this was the one before that that it was like, <laughs> oh, we got this role for him. It's not very good. I think it's also got Courtney Thorne Smith in this movie. Okay. Um, uh, so the start of a couple of careers. It's always fun to go back and look at some of these movies and be like wow, this is the movie that she got her start in or this is the yeah. movie that he got his start in. Okay. Fair enough. So summer school, he teaches summer school and, and, and I think there's a little bit of a, you know, rip off of stand and deliver in there only with, you know, white people. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's what everyone uh, where, needs. <laughs> where you've got the, like, you know, and it's like the, the inspiring teacher figures out how to do things, even though the, the teacher wasn't himself sort of inspiring to begin with because the teacher had to learn a lesson too, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. So, the Lost Boys. So this, yeah. you put this on here. Explain oh, yeah. to me why the Lost Boys is a comedy. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's uh, there's so there's def, there's the parts that are definitely to be played as comedy, where uh, with the Corey Feldman parts, where you know they have these junior vampire hunters. Wait, wait, is it Corey Corey Helm? Haim? They're both in this movie, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yes. <laughs> They are, and I actually forget which one is doing what. But there's so the Corey Feldman is the one with the glasses, okay. Who eventually had the like the like weird obsession with Michael Jackson. Okay. Corey Haim is the one that died. All right. Ooh, that's right. Corey Haim was in Lucas. If that helps you. No, I. You know what? I remember the movie pretty well. I'm not going to yeah. be able to differentiate the Corys. One plays the little brother. And the other one's the friend. And this all takes place in Santa Cruz. Right. Jason Patrick will be the older brother. Yep. Uh, I believe Corey Haim is the younger brother. Corey, Corey Haim young- is the friend. And the friend is he's the, the more of the, 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 uh, the, cause he's the, like the sarcastic mm-hmm. um, guy. Cause he plays the same role in Goonies, uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. That's Corey Feldman. Um, now we have to talk about Kiefer Sutherland in this movie though. Oh yeah. Okay. The menacing Kiefer. Kiefer. As a, yes. as a vampire. So this movie is a vampire movie, by the way. Yeah. For everybody that just joining us. <laughs> if, you've never, <laughs> if you've never seen The Lost Boys, uh, the way it was always pitched is 
if vampirism is uh, allegory for drugs, right? So like the teenage kids are effectively a, a like they're like doing drugs and basically becoming vampires is the, yes. the idea. So yeah, the corrupting influence, right? Uh, there's a lot of comedy though because the uh, there is a lot of comedy. I feel like a lot of the comedy is unintentional. Possibly. Some of it's intentional, certainly. <laughs> Possibly. A lot of it's unintentional, in part because going back to, uh, you know, when we were talking about um, Dragnet mm-hmm. and the potential writers of that film, yep. whoever wrote Lost Boys, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, kids out there, don't do drugs. Mm. I'm sure a cocaine, lot of drugs were. Yes. In the 1980s, cocaine was prevalent, yeah. particularly in Hollywood. Um, you know, this movie, I feel like some of the uh, vampire tropes of this movie, um, somebody like Joss Whedon took and sort of was like, you know, I like some of the metaphors, but I don't like what they Mm -hmm. compared it to. So like, you know, Joss Whedon with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, particularly the the, uh, TV show, which was excellent, you know, uses sort of vampirism um, for much more for like sexual, Mm -hmm. uh, tension and like teenage hormones and stuff like that in a lot of ways that uh this movie didn't strangely mm-hmm. enough they could have because uh didn't this movie also have jamie gertz yes yeah and she's like a i don't know why i said that so funny okay I tried to do like a woody allen jamie gertz but uh yeah so we spent too much time on the lost boys <laughs> i i guess it's a good movie like because I, I watched it sometime in the modern era Head on okay. DVD. I haven't. I, in fairness, I have not watched it since I was probably fifteen it's years super, old. So super campy. Mm-hmm. I actually do think it's like still kind of fun to watch. Yes, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. This is like if you've ever. So Kiefer Sutherland weirdly is very short. Mm. He's like shorter than Tom Hanks short. But you never. He's one of those that you like Tom, not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. He's one of those like Cruise that always has to either um, wear lifts or they have mm-hmm. to do weird things with the camera. Uh, so this one is really good because, you know, they get to just float him around on wire foo some of the time. Right. Um, so, but uh, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, really short. Go back and watch some of those 24 seasons where he's just like 5'2". It's weird. <laughs> camera angles are all weird. Yeah. Okay, so the next movie on here is Stakeout. This is a, also like a buddy cop movie. This is uh, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez. Okay. Uh, they play cops that um, Emilio Estevez has, amazing, has an amazing cop mustache in this movie. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. And they end up staking out um, this house. Okay. With a, I don't remember the entire plot of this movie. Uh, but they stake out this house and then one of them falls in love with the woman inside the house. Yeah. I do remember that. That's, yeah. that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the banter between the two of them was good. Yeah. All right. It's, it's an okay comedy. I, I think you could sure. actually watch it. It'd be, it'd be fine. So this yeah. doesn't make our top list. Uh, the point is if no. it came out now, you'd watch it and be like, ah, it's all right. Yeah. And it's just yet another movie on so far. All of these movies are watchable to some degree, even the sure. bad ones. Yeah. So, and remember, this is just baseline. <laughs> don't worry. Yes. It gets better. It gets much better. Yes, it gets much better. Uh, I don't know if it gets better with this next one, though. This next movie is Oh, called... my God. Stop it. <laughs> Maybe you should talk about this movie. <laughs> so, so the movie is Amazon Women on the Moon. Okay. Um, if you've ever seen the Kentucky Fried movie, did you ever see that one? 
I did see that one, yeah. Okay, so it's very much like that. So Amazon Women on the Moon, it's not a single movie. Yeah. It's a series of clips. So it's like, it's as if you were watching a movie called Amazon Women on the Moon, but you're watching it on late night TV mm-hmm. in the mid 80s with, you know, really, really long commercial breaks. Okay. So if you, so kids back, back in the, back, so back watching live TV late at night, uh, you would have these like five, ten, almost 10 minute commercial breaks because they couldn't pay for the movies to be played otherwise at that time of the night. Right. So you would have these almost, and that's basically how infomercials started, but you had to have these really good commercials so people didn't just fall asleep and go to bed or whatever. So you wanted people to keep up. So this was a movie that was kind of making fun of that. So the idea was there was it was this sort of um, almost like a sexploitation kind of movie called Amazon Women on the Moon. So it was scantily clad Amazons that uh, mm-hmm. these astronauts go to the moon and they find this colony of Amazon women on the moon. Okay, so that's the the plot of the the movie. But the best part about all, all these little commercials I see. within the the movie that's like these just little, little vignettes of just goofy, funny, stupid comedy throughout I the whole movie. This movie manages to have Arsenio Hall, Phil Hartman, and Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Yes. It's a good, I mean, it's worth watching. I'm not sure. So there might be some of those, some of those film, some of those jokes that don't quite hold up to right. 2020 standards. Um, but there's some funny bits in this movie. So would you make, would this movie be made now? Meaning? I think they tried. Really? Um, so there was a movie that came out three or four years ago that was universally panned. It was called like movie 43. Did you ever hear about this? No. Okay. It had an amazing cast similarly. Uh Like there were like, everybody was in this movie and everybody just had like one scene. So it was just like a collection of like Mm -hmm. comedic, like everybody would just have like one scene and there'd be like one joke in it. Right. But I wouldn't, but there was nothing held the movie together and none of the jokes were funny. Oh, well that doesn't work. It didn't work. So So they tried to do, but they tried to do something similar, right? So, but um, I don't know how you would do this. Like, I, I, I wonder if you could do like a. Isn't this a YouTube channel? Like, now? A, like a, <laughs> like, almost. I was just going to say that, like a YouTube channel where you have these weird, sort of YouTube things, like a like a like a Jake Paul or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like make fun of that, and then you'd have like a like a two minute commercial. That's a commercial for something that relates to something that you just watched. And then the next thing in the playlist is something else, another YouTuber, but you mm-hmm. make fun of it. And you could do, you could do something like that. Possibly. Um, I, I, I just worry that now you can't even make the movie because you're better off just getting some of the best YouTube clips together <laughs> because without exactly. the, nar- the narrative cohesion to hold it together. Right. So this had, this didn't have the, that's the one problem with the Amazon women. It doesn't really have the Amazon. You've got the Amazon women on the moon movie, but nobody really cares about that movie. Right. Um, but it's, but it's the thing that holds it together. Right, right, because you don't really have that anymore. Right, like you said, if you go clip to clip to clip, no one sort of watches like binges a YouTube like just one person on a channel. Right, you might have right. like you might just jump from chan- like person to person. You know, you get bored with one thing. Right, so, unless you're my daughter and you watch all 189 episodes of a, a streamer. Well, there you go. So sometimes it can happen. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, okay, you want to take the next one. I definitely want to take the next one because I remember it pretty darn well. Three Men and a Baby, uh, which is a it's remake. The aforementioned Gutenberg. Yes. First of all, at the time, really all-star cast. Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg. What a stash. Super stash. Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the plot. It was Mary's taken from a, a French movie. Yeah. Uh, which I think is like a literal translation. Toisons in l'enfant or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I remember this very well. Like, you know, there are three bachelors. They all have the very typical pers personalities that you might expect. And these three actors kind of at their comedy primes or like start a lot of stardom. So at the time it was a real, you know, it was a, it was a big hit because you put these mm -hmm. three guys together. Very funny. Baby's very cute. Funny you can probably write it yourself right now. The joke sure. that you might expect with three bachelors and a baby. Yeah. There's lots of, there's lots of poop jokes of and vomit jokes. Yeah. yeah. They, they uh, want of to course do it's a little a girl. So there's, you know, the whole thing about, Oh my God, there's no penis. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Directed by Leonard Nimoy. Really? Yep, and wow. I do. I remember that at the time. That was like a big mm. deal. It's like, oh my god, Spock. Yeah, I feel like one of the things about like you. So, the plot of the movie is that the 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 mother of this child mm -hmm. uh, gives up the the little girl uh, to these three guys because right. she doesn't know which of the three is the father of the child. Yes. Yeah. It, I feel like today it. with DNA testing, we would have that answered right away. Yeah. And even back then, I think you could have done a paternity test and, and I, done it right away. I think if I remember right, and this could just be false memories, I thought that was part of the plot, that like they're going to find out who the father is, but they decide not to, that they decide that they're having such a great sure. time, they're going to continue. Maybe because they, they're like, they have to wait like three weeks or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. That's, that's what leads sure. to it. Like, all right, one, one of you three is stuck with it, but then they realize like, oh, they're, they like being triplicate parents. Yeah. And, uh, that's, so, that's the yeah. Story three men and a baby. Not bad. Good movie. Actually, so, uh, yeah, we're getting into stuff that like you could watch right now. I yeah, if I remember right, holds up well. Yeah, throw Mama from the train. I think this one definitely uh, holds up. Yeah. Um, this almost made my top three. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. It's a. Uh, it is a classic. Definitely, people consider this a classic comedy. Yeah, it's uh, Billy Crystal, uh, in in his absolute absolute prime. Danny DeVito in his prime. Mm -hmm. Um, Billy Crystal, and they kind of. They're, they're doing a whole um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock sort of spoof yep. where they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna commit each other's crime. Yep. Billy Crystal's a writer. Uh, uh, Danny DeVito's mom plays is played by, I cannot remember her name, but the actress who's in Goonies as well. Yep. She plays the mom of the, the mobsters in that film. Um, it's just great. It's just, there's so many sort of just great scenes, funny bits between DeVito and... Yeah. Billy Crystal. This movie could have been all improvised. You could have told me that because they're totally. so both so amazingly good. Yeah. Also, it's well written. So, yeah. um, uh, kudos to this one. This one's a good one. Yeah, and uh, again, showing how strong the lineup is from this year. This movie comes out. A lot of people will list it as a classic. Doesn't even make our top three. Either one of our top no, movies. no, no. We've still got, we've still got like uh, like six movies or so to go, and I think. Um, um, the four that we have are better than Throw Mama from the Train. And Throw Mama from the Train is great. I would watch that tonight if we're wrong. Yeah. Uh, next movie up is a lot of people list this as like one of their favorite movies. Again, uh, not something yeah. I watched a lot of. I think I've watched it once in my life. But yeah. it is a James L. Brooks movie. It's a broadcast yeah. news. Yeah, broadcast news. This was the movie that, that came out that year that a lot of people that would have made like a lot of the award shows. And it would have mm -hmm. been like, you know, it would have been for us it would have been like the sh the movie that your mom and dad would have gone to for like date night yeah. in 1987 this is a parents movie 
Yeah. This is a parents movie. So like if it came out today, I think they can make this again today, actually. Probably. If this easily. came out today, yeah. you know, we'd be going on a on like a date for that. Yeah. Yeah. Not you and I. Well, maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, whoever, who knows? No judgments here. No, not at all. As long but, as you pay for the popcorn. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> good movie though, or yeah. considered a good movie. Yeah, Holly, uh, Holly, Holly Hunter, who I mm-hmm. love. She's in. She's anything she does, she, yeah. you should watch. Totally good. So uh, next movie, Overboard. Yes. If you've ever, I mean, this movie was on. I mean, it, it's probably still on TNT every. 25 mm-hmm. minutes. Yep. Um, but Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, this was like the beginning of their long-term relationship, I think. Uh, uh, yep. She plays the, the rich girl who falls off a boat and yes. loses her, and loses her uh, uh, memory. memory. Yep. She goes completely amnesic. And then he's a widower with kids. Uh, and he, he, fi- he, hel- he saves her and then tricks her into being his basically his slave yeah. for, for a while. I mean, it's like it basically, it's his what he, he, he's trying to recreate his wife, right? Yeah. Um, a, l- a little uh, so problematic. <laughs> a little problematic. Um, it's sweet. At least it's coming from a sweet place. I think. And I, I believe if I remember it in the movie, it's explained in a way that's like not problematic. Yes. Because she's awful. Yes. So he works for her initially. Yeah. Um, and he like builds like this amazing, like closet in her, mm-hmm. uh, in her boat, yep. <laughs> like who has a closet in their boat? But it's yep. a yacht, so he builds this like closet where the drawers move and everything comes out. And she's like, "Oh, I don't want to pay for that." She's yep. a really jerk. Um, so, so there was that whole element to it, and he's like a down on his luck kind of mm-hmm. you know carpenter type type guy. Uh, and he's Kurt Russell, so he's super likable all the yep. time. Totally. Um, also, amazing hair mm-hmm. in this up in this movie, uh, and Goldie Hawn is just to die for in this movie as well. And um, they're both of their sort of likability. Yeah. Comedic. And Goldie Hawn as a comedic actress, really good. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She starts like 15 years before this as a very, very young actress. Yeah. In things like Hairspray, not Hairspray, um, uh, the, the movie with Warren Beatty that's about hair. What is that called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. She was in Private Benjamin before this. She was, I remember she, that. She, yeah. She's just an amazing, like anybody who hasn't, because Goldie Hawn hasn't been in a movie in a really long time. Yeah. Go back and watch Goldie Hawn movies. She's an amazing, one of the best comedians of all time. Just like Lucille Ball level. Yeah. And just because we, for time, we have to move on to the next movie. Also doesn't make our top three. And this is an excellent movie. No, this is an excellent movie. The last one in terms of time, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Should we do it? Oh, oh okay. Oh. I was going to go, Good Morning Vietnam! Yes. A classic. Yes. It's Robin Williams, of course. A lot of people this will one of, list it. A lot of people will call this a, yeah. I think uh, a lot of people will say it might be his best role, either mm-hmm. this or Dead Poets. Um, but uh, just, and it, it was, it was, another evidence that he was a, you know, meteor just racing across the sky. Sure. And the fact that we don't have Robin Williams any longer is a travesty. Yeah. So this, this movie, if I remember right, would hold up pretty well now. Has sure. Sure. Com- comedy has some poignancy. Mm-hmm. It's just a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if... <laughs> Hopefully a lot of people know about the movie. Yes. Yeah, we're not spoiling anything. Yeah. So now we should go backwards. 
Sure, we're going to go backwards. So we're going to go, uh, these are our top three. So uh, do you want to do, uh, why don't you do your um, separate one and then we'll talk about our two that we sure. share. Yeah, because that'll be easy. Go for it. Sure. So in terms of time though, uh, uh, the movie that, all right, I'll, I'll talk about this movie first. It's a, it's a Mel Brooks movie called Spaceballs, a parody of Star Wars, very popular at the time. Yes. And uh, I'm sure that there's jokes that are like probably a little racist or sexist within it, but I love sure, this movie. Sure, sure. I watched the heck yeah, out so, of it. So, yeah, so it's amazing. Your Schwartz is as big as mine. Tremendous. Uh, may the Schwartz be with you. It's yogurt. There's so many good things. There's so many good things. There's a scene with, uh, so Rick Moranis is like amazing in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just one of the great comedic actors of his time. John Candy uh, as the Chewbacca John Candy clone. as the Chewbacca dog. Yeah, he's a dog, dog. Um, One of either Bill Pullman or Paxton, I can't remember which one, is yeah. the, kind of the main, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Joan Rivers as, as the, the, the robot. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, you know, Mel Brooks plays the, one of the, one of the characters as well. Um, he plays two characters actually. He plays, yes. He plays, he plays yogurt. He, yogurt, which is Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And then he also plays like the president of something or other that tries yeah. to steal somebody's hair. Yeah. The, the plot is, doesn't matter. No. There's an amazing scene where uh, they're trying to figure trying to, take this ship faster yeah. and they go to ludicrous speed and then they start looking on the screen and they're seeing what they're, they're, they're seeing what, what's happening right now because they mess around with time. It's so funny. It's absolutely uh, there are funny, a few, yeah. there are, there are a few sort of problematic uh, scenes sure. as in the case with any uh, Mel Brooks movie. Um, I would, I would say, you know, yes, they're, they're racist. Sure. Um, uh, understand that. Watch it with your kids. Tell yeah. them, hey, you know that joke that you just saw? Uh, they're combing the desert with an Afro comb. Yeah, comb the desert. Uh, they're combing the desert, and all the other stormtroopers are using actual big combs. Yeah. And the two, the two black stormtroopers are using, you know, an Afro comb. Afro comb. It was meant to be funny. Yep. It was racist. I, it was racist. racist. I think at the time it wasn't supposed to be like mean spirited, right? It's, right. It, it actually was supposed to be on the side of the black storm sure. troopers. And I think, and I think even at 94 years old or whatever he is right now, Mel Brooks would probably agree with us yeah. and say, you know what? It was racist. I, and if I yeah. did it again, I would, change I would change it. it. I would change it. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he and uh, Carl Reiner were like best friends up until right. just recently Carl Reiner died. It was uh, their friendship is actually something you should go back to and, and read about. Right. Um, so my, uh, one of my top three, uh, this is the first successful Coen Brothers movie, mm-hmm. um, Raising Arizona. Yep. So uh, this is, uh, uh, again, kind of illustrating our obsession with Nick Cage. Mm. Uh, this is one of Nick Cage's first sort of starring roles. It this is, is actually Nick Cage. Yep. This is actually Nick Cage playing a character and yep. not just being Nick Cage. So yep. you should go back and watch this movie. This is also a Holly Hunter yep. uh, as the lead in this movie. They steal a baby. Uh, (laughs) uh, and it's just it's hugely funny um if you can only watch one scene watch the scene where he uh robs the uh the the grocery store to steal diapers for this baby that he's stolen and they have this whole cop chase kind of thing in a car and it's amazing and they're arguing back and forth in the front seat of this car while she's driving she's actually an ex-cop yeah and she's just running from the cops and she's driving like a maniac 
and they're arguing back and forth. And then, and then he says the famous thing. He's like, well, it ain't Ozzy and Harriet as he picks up the uh, diapers that he's dropped on the side of the road as he, they <laughs> speed by. It's an amazing scene. You should watch this movie. The Cohen, one of the Coen brothers' uh, best movies. Yeah, still, to this and day. a lot of yeah, a lot of people will list it. And again, this is only one of uh, you know three best movies for us. Within yeah. the, and it came out yeah. the same year as all of these other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also of yeah. note, though, within this year, speaking of Nick Cage, Moonstruck was the same year. Yes, we didn't include that on there. It was on a lot of lists for comedy. I don't think it's funny. I don't think so either. I don't remember no, it very it's, well. But it's, I think it's I, good, but I don't know that it's funny. Yeah, I never would have listed That's why it's not on the list. Right. So, yeah. But also in terms I mean, of interest, two Nick Cage movies. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got two, two Nick Cage movies. And let's, let's just go. We already talked about Steve Martin once. You want to talk about him? Let's do next? it. Yeah, this movie is clearly a classic. Yes. Yeah, this is Steve Martin, like we said, at the mm-hmm. beginning, throwing 97 miles an hour. Just he has two movies amazing. this year. Yeah, and they're movies. both amazing. Yeah. They're both amazing. Yeah. And this one, this one's on the short list of greatest Steve Martin movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep. The classic uh, Steve John Martin, Candy. John Candy, John Hughes. Yep. Uh, this is John Hughes in between like the run of Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. came right after that stuff. This is a great film. Not a teenage movie, uh, John Hughes movie. Just a no, no. This one's this one's got some language, and this one's got some sure. some themes that you probably want to maybe have your kid. You could watch it with your kid, but you just watch it with them. Yeah, yeah. Watch it's, it with them, and you know these are adult problems. Yeah. yeah, these are adult problems. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, two guys that uh, are trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Yep, and they're trying to get home to Chicago, and it's snowing, and all the flights have been canceled. Mm-hmm. And they've got to figure out how to get back with planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, it is a very all of those travel kinds of things in here are just classic. The yeah, dri- the driving scene as they're falling asleep and mm-hmm. <laughs> driving on the wrong side of the road. It's it's kind of it's kind of like the Odd Couple, but uh, as a road trip movie. Mm-hmm. You know, because you've got John Candy who plays the slob. He's the you know the big huge guy who's kind of goofy, and then you've got Steve Martin playing the the straight laced guy. And the idea that Steve Martin can play this role and Roxanne in the same film mm-hmm. in the same year is like, how did he do that? Yeah. Um, from a just a range standpoint, the fact that Steve Martin doesn't have awards next to his name yeah. for, for acting is kind of weird. Kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie, if I remember right, should hold up really well. Mm-hmm. Very relatable things with travel and uh, yeah. a little bit of poignancy too. Yeah. It's also, it's got that sweet John Hughes quality to it where it's just like, he brings out the humanity in everybody, even if they're kind of, you know, douchey. Exactly. Yeah. Great movie. And so the last one and these last, the three that we decided on, there's no particular order for these things. No, these are um, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that I've watched with my kid already three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Princess Bride. Yep. Came out the same year as all of Came these out the other same movies. Year as all these other movies. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, you know, Classic fantasy movie, um, but hugely funny. Um, anybody, the, 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 just there's no big roles in this movie that are all that funny. Like Carrie Elwes is kind of the lead, and he's not particularly funny. Mm-hmm. But all and and then Robert Wright Penn is also in this movie, and she's not super funny. But then everybody else, all the side characters are just amazingly funny. Mandy Patinkin, right. Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Guest. 
uh, Billy Crystal, uh, Wallace Shaw, yep. uh, Carol Kane. Every one of these people is just hugely, hugely, hugely funny. Yeah, and they're all, you know, peak at their powers, throwing 90 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, like we could just sit here and just quote this. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Oh. Inconceivable. He's best in I mean, a miracle. Mm. Uh, yeah. You coward. There's so many great mm. things at this. It's just. Yeah. Um, just to show you, so when I was in grad school, this would have been 1997, 1998, mm -hmm. back when you had like answer, like when you have like a, a phone that you'd have to answer when people called you. Yeah. I would answer the phone. It's like, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you my father. Prepare to die. And I had one friend, mm -hmm. only one at the time, who got it. And he would always go, Stop saying that. <laughs> That's great. Uh -huh. I wouldn't have even, yeah, that is the only response, but I, I wouldn't even think to respond that way. I would just smile because I, I know the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And um, it absolutely holds up. There, like, there aren't any jokes in this movie that don't hold up. Yeah. It's a movie you could watch with an eight-year-old. It's a movie you could watch with an 80-year-old. And you're going to get laughs. Yeah. And now, you know, since this is the end of our list, if I think about it, you could just have so much time just watching movies off this list. You'd have a large staple of ones that are like, oh, that was pretty good. Overboard, you could just watch it and you'd have a good time. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you just have these like absolute gems, the Princess Bride, yeah. Planes, Trains, and yeah. Automobiles that are, that are always yeah. a good time and that like you could show it to certain people and it becomes their favorite movie. Like it could easily yeah. become your favorite movie of all time. Exactly. Like the, 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 the five, the, like the, the four movies that we mentioned is our, is our, is our top movies. Yep. I think people could regularly put any one of those films in their top five and no one would be like, Oh, okay, sure. That's, that's fine. Like raising Arizona, you could put that in your top five. Oh yeah. I'm not going to say that that's, that's, that's not a, that's a perfectly reasonable movie to put in your top five. Yeah. And that might not be a, you know, and you didn't have it in your top three of nope. 1987. Yeah. So that's, that's how good this year was. Yeah. Awesome. So we are done with 1987. Yeah, that's uh, an amazing year. Check out some of these movies if you haven't seen yes. them. Yes. We're probably going to be uh, kind of continuing on this theme in the coming weeks, maybe maybe doing 88, 85 yeah. looks really good. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that think 82 is really good too. So we're, and, and there's some movie years in the 90s where we might uh, kind of check in on too. And we might go back and do some more sort of action movies too. Yeah, why not? Try to figure out what the best year for action films was. We have an era, but we might need to go back and find the best year. Yeah. yeah. So um, our dad bod, do we want to go with Lithgow? Do we want to go with Wallace Shaw? I, I'm going to go with Lithgow. Give, Let's go with Lithgow. Go Lithgow? Okay, because yeah, he's been a dad for, for damn near 40 years. Yeah, and I think it's worth talking about Lithgow and the dad bod as it's changed. So we talked about him in Harry and the Hendersons, obviously mm -hmm. important. For a long time, he's Footloose, in the yeah. Footloose, playing a dad, uh -huh. 80s yeah. again. He plays a dad role in Third Rock from the Sun for many years. For like, for almost, what probably, that, that show was on for like six or seven years, I imagine. Yeah, it was a full run. It yeah. made, made it to its natural yeah. conclusion. And he was still, and he was still a dad of teenagers. It wasn't like he was yeah. like a dad of like 40 year olds then. Right. And then he plays uh, recently dad. the crown. He plays Winston Churchill. Okay. With the, obviously the classic dad bod of, of, mm -hmm. of Churchill. Yeah. So he's just always there. 
Yeah, he was in a Denzel Washington movie where he played the villain one time. Oh, how odd. I, think. I can't remember which one it was. Wasn't he in Cliffhanger? The, the villain he was in Cliffhanger. Yeah. When we, as we talk about action movies, we'll get back to it. Lithgow's really we'll good. We'll get back to Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, dad bot of the week. Yeah, underappreciated guy. Mm-hmm. So... Well, thank you everybody for, you know, all eight of you for listening. Um, Appreciate that. We Uh, definitely appreciate it. (laughs) We definitely appreciate it. We're not making money off of this. Um, If you want to give us money, um, uh, I take checks. Sure. (laughs) But, uh, you know, tell us, tell your friends about us. Tell people that you like what we're doing. If you like us. Yep. If not, I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Shane. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. And goodbye.